Hello and welcome to Disconnected, the podcast that shines a light on the secrets and the impact that social media and technology is having on our society, culture, politics, human interactions, and behavior. My name is Jag Sharma, and I've spent the last 12 years creating, developing, and executing social media strategies for a number of global brands across a variety of industries, and have witnessed firsthand the impact that algorithms, behavior modification, negative feedback loops, ad targeting, and mass data collection have had on shaping our world in a new direction. This podcast is all about making you aware, giving you the insight, a look behind the giant tech curtain, and allowing you to make your own fully informed decisions on how you strategically play or don't play their game. This is not about advocating for going dark or deleting your accounts. This is about looking under the hood and getting more informed about what's really happening to us on a societal level as a result of our tech-driven lives. In each episode, I'll deep dive into a specific topic from how social media and technology has swayed political debates, how it's disrupting societies, how we are losing access to truth, how we are losing our ability for empathy, to how our behavior is being subtly changed little by little without us even realizing. We'll be chatting to a number of high profile guests along the way, discussing specific topics and seeing how they are navigating through this complex world in their professional and personal lives. I'm super excited to start this journey with you. Before we get into it, I wanted to give you a short intro into who I am, where I've been, what I've been doing, and what makes me passionate about doing a podcast that looks honestly at what social media and digital tech is doing to us on a human societal level. It all started about 12 years ago, and it was just about the opportunity. And since I took that turn to deep diving into a career focused wholeheartedly in social media, my life has been a non-stop run. London, Birmingham, the Peak District, Dublin, Dubai, Spain, Greece, Toronto, Mississauga, Calgary, New York, Nashville, Tennessee, South Korea, Japan, Taiwan, Hong Kong, Shanghai, Beijing in China, social media has taken me to all of these places and more. I've managed large-scale social media campaigns across the world. I've seen and learned how content is done in different countries, what works well, what works less well. I've been lucky enough to work and learn from some great minds, and I continue to do so. I've been up a mountain at 7am in minus temperatures. I've been stuck out on a dinghy in the water in the blistering heat, all just to get the right video shot for the social media shoot. I've been in China surrounded by people who don't fully understand me, on a production shoot where I'm the one who's meant to sign everything off. All of those stories are special to me, and I absolutely love being involved in creating storied and emotive content. However, that is not the purpose of this podcast. Aside from the content creation, I've spent the last 12 years involved in all aspects of social media, 
And what I've seen during my time is a change. A change in our relationship with social media. A change in our behavior. A change to each other. Our relationship with technology. Algorithms impact our lives probably more than we realize. The mass data collection, third-party plugins, data mining, and retargeting has enabled some intentional bad behaviors and manipulation online. Social media and the related technology has swayed political debates, suppressed voter turnout, gives a platform for hate speech, enables trolls to dish out racial hatred, to be homophobic, to be sexist, to go against anything they don't like with extreme hate, without repercussion. And now we have a potential mental health crisis in many countries around the world as a result of social media and its related tech. Despite all of this, I remain a big advocate for social media. I mean, we're not going to go backwards now, are we? We're not going to turn off our phones, put them in a drawer, and forget they ever existed. This podcast is about getting you informed of what's really going on under the hood, and then for you to make an informed decision of how best to play or don't play. You have the power. So where did it all begin for me? Well, it all started in 2009. I was working for a Danish environmental organization, looking after their regional marketing for London and the Southeast. They had this newfangled thing that they didn't know what to do with. It was their Twitter account. So they handed me the keys to their Twitter account. They didn't really care much what I did with it. I had free reign. I started to follow notable people in politics and business, one of which was the mayor of London at the time, who was Boris Johnson, who, as we know, later went on to become UK prime minister. Waiting and waiting for Boris to tweet about environmental issues, I was ready to pounce. It didn't take long because environmental issues are a hot topic in London. And as soon as he tweeted about it, I replied. And then he replied. And then I replied. And there was some back and forth over direct message. And then he offered to meet. And from that meeting with Boris Johnson, we then got to have another meeting with some people in his team. And then from there, we got a chance to pitch for some government projects. So we went from being completely cold, having no relationship with the mayor of London, to having the opportunity to pitch for government projects. And it was at that moment that I realized that this is big stakes, that this social media thing isn't some cute sideshow or add-on to mainstream marketing, that this social media thing represents the single biggest shift in how we as human beings interact, which is the currency of how we communicate, which is the currency of how we make decisions, which is the currency of our lives. It was then that I decided that I wanted to dedicate myself and work in social media, to treat it as a vocation, to really go for it. And that's what I did. But what I quickly learned was that the world wasn't quite caught up to speed with the enormity of social media and that companies either didn't want social media specialists full-time or if they did, they just had an expectation that a social media manager would look a certain way or come from a certain background. 
And not really having that, not really fitting that mold, but really wanting to break in led me to do it for free. So I managed the social media for a publishing house in London for three days a week, unpaid. And while I was doing that, I was also working four days a week for the open top sightseeing buses around London. So those are quite tough times, to be honest. I was basically working seven days a week nonstop. The publishing house was office hours and the sightseeing buses were long days, starting at 7.30 in the morning, going until the evening. In the little free time I had, I would also educate myself further about social media. And this was at a time when there were no ready-made learning tools for social media or digital. There was no such thing like Facebook Blueprint online training, for example. And on top of this, on the side, I was building an app with a friend of mine. Apps were a big thing at the turn of the last decade, and the iPhone was exploding everywhere. I had this idea for an app, and a friend of mine had connections to app developers in Greece, so we went for it. The app was the world's first fully shareable calendar for iPhone. This was before the days of iCloud where sharing calendars became easier. Upon launch, we were invited by TechHub in London. TechHub are a global community for tech entrepreneurs. And we were invited by them to showcase the app. We presented it on stage, got a warm reception, and... Someone even approached us immediately after we got off stage and offered to buy the app from us there and then. This naturally gave us great confidence and probably a bit of a big head at the time. We turned down the offer and continued to work on the app. Amongst doing social media for free at the publishing house, launching an iPhone app and working for the sightseeing buses in London, All of a sudden, I was approached by a recruiter at Mondelez, the owners of Cadbury Chocolate, Oreo Cookies, Toblerone, Ritz Crackers, Belvita Breakfast Biscuits, Maynard's Wine Gums, Jelly Baby, Sour Patch Kids, among a ton of other famous uh, snacking brands that they own. Anyway, they approached me saying that they'd seen my profile on LinkedIn, that they liked that I had experience in managing social media, as well as app building, and they needed someone to come in-house, manage their social media in the UK, and help build an app or two for them. So yeah, that sounded great. Quick side point, for anyone out there listening who wants to go and do something, if you have the space in your life to sacrifice a little to go and try that one thing that you want to do, I would say do it. Totally recognize that not everyone has the space to sacrifice something in order to try something different. And I also recognize that I did put myself on the very edge of comfort. I had zero personal life and basically no money, but I wholeheartedly still believe that if you want to try something new, and if you have the means to figure out a way to give yourself a little breathing space to try it out, then really go for it. Okay, back to where I was. So, Mondelez was great. I had a great time there. At the time I was there, they were the world's second largest spender on Facebook ads globally, as well as one of the big spenders on Twitter ads globally. And this was when security around social media was not an issue. 
Governments were not chasing Mark Zuckerberg down for questioning, and people were generally embracing all things social media. Places like Facebook and Twitter were experiencing tremendous growth. So with no one notably having serious concerns about social media and working for a big ads spender with these platforms, I was essentially a preferred customer. Remember, customers of social media are the ad buyers, not the users. If you're using something for free, then you're usually what's for sale. So at Mondelez, I used to be able to walk into the Facebook and Twitter offices with very little security measures in place. And once I got inside, I could literally roam around freely. It was like being a kid in a candy shop. And it was during my time at Mondelez that I really got a thorough grounding in social media data targeting. Everything from how to use data to find the easiest customers, using that data to chase after people similar to those customers who already buy from us, integrating third-party data from other private companies who help us use more information about people in order to target them even more and even better, whether that be better messaging, better imagery, or optimal timing and frequency. The algorithms were smart, and they were getting smarter by the day. These engines were learning new things about people and how they behave every day. And then this would be translated into outputs for us to try. Harmless enough, we were selling chocolate and candy. If we could do it in the most targeted way in human history, thanks to this new technology, then what does that matter? It's not harming anyone. In addition to all the data, I was getting a first look at the repercussions of putting content out at mass scale to millions without robust community monitoring in place. Anytime we posted anything with a black or Asian person in it, we would be bombarded with incredibly hateful comments, extreme racism. Every time we would put anything out to do with the LGBT community, similar outcome, extreme hatred, really eye-opening in a saddening way. It's interesting looking back now, which is pretty much a decade later, and the warning signs for where we are today with trolls, online bullying, rampant racism, sexism, homophobia online, all the signs have been there for a long time. Besides all of this, I had a tremendous time at Mondelez. I worked with some really great people, had some great managers there, and I really had a thorough grounding in how to do social media at scale, yet in a highly targeted way. While I was at Mondelez, an internal recruiter at HSBC reached out to me. They'd seen my profile on LinkedIn. They had a social media role going at the retail bank and asked if I'd be interested in applying. Long story short, I ended up at HSBC. I was super keen to see how it would be marketing non-physical products and services. Selling mortgages, loans, credit cards, and student bank accounts is very different to selling wine gums, Cadbury eclairs, or Trebor soft mints. At HSBC, I took what I learned at Mondelez to a whole new level, as the game had changed. When I started at Mondelez, most brands hadn't woken up to social media. But by the time I joined HSBC, they were starting to put some serious dollars behind it. 
and we were doing social media at mass, mass scale, when the options of what could be done had reached new peaks. Plus, HSBC took the community management side of it seriously, much less room for hatred or trolls, so it made what we were doing feel cleaner. I remember geofencing and taking over all 150 plus university campuses in the UK during the first two weeks of the new university year and being the only brand advertising to these geofence locations throughout that period via one particular social media platform for the entirety of that two weeks. So we were targeting who we wanted, when we wanted, with what we wanted. Had the best time at HSBC, lots of fond memories, and learned a lot from some great managers there. From there, a company called Infinity Motor Company reached out to me. They are the luxury arm of Nissan. They came to me to see if I'd be interested in applying to head up their global social media from their global HQ in Hong Kong, looking after 26 markets around the world, including mainland China, where they don't even have things like Instagram and YouTube. You know, they've got their own different ecosystem. There was a lot of back and forth, but eventually I was persuaded to make the jump and off I went, bags packed, moving from London to Hong Kong, going from managing one country's social media to 26 countries. I learned a lot about China social media at Infinity. I experienced a world where privacy isn't really an issue and worked on platforms that are completely different to what we know in the West. Infinity was a tremendous experience and I'm glad that I got to do it. So all of this has become part of my wiring, part of my DNA. When I think back to when I first got into social media, I wanted to be part of the change of what I was seeing it was having. It seemed to have it all. Social media was motivating, it was inspiring, it was entertaining, and it was all in one place. Fast forward to today, and I still believe in it, but the waters have definitely been muddied, and things aren't as good as they could be or should be in this social media web 2.0 world that we are living through right now. As I said, this podcast is all about making you aware, giving you the insight, a look behind the giant tech curtain, and allowing you to make your own fully informed decisions on how you strategically play or don't play their game. I'll be producing a new episode regularly, so be sure to subscribe to receive a notification for a new release. You can also follow me either on Instagram, at Jag Sharma, or on LinkedIn, where I'll be conducting debates and social experiments from the discussions within the episodes. Looking forward to this journey with you all. See you soon for episode one.